millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 78 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, Then and Now, with the Order of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How are you, mate? Fine, thank you. Especially with the weather being like it has been today. So, you know, other than that, uh, plodding on and hoping things are going to start opening up soon, but looks of it. Absolutely. Scorchio here in Birmingham. I think we're at the heights of 21, which is quite incredible. Unbelievably, we're going to reach the depths of eight. And next week, Easter Monday, it's going to snow. But but there you go. Uh, last night, we've got to start with uh, Finding Jack, the documentary. What a hard-hitting documentary. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like the weather, highs and lows. Yeah, it, I mean, I watched it like, you know, went round somebody's house to funny at times. Yeah. But other, uh, in other parts of it, so sad, you know, to see Jack um, deteriorate like that, you know. Because mm. he, he was a bright guy, you know, a stubborn bugger, but then so was I. But it was uh, still, it was uh, it was a fantastic programme. It showed what a... What a gentleman he was, and, and his wife, Pat, both of them. I've always told people about how down the earth they both were. They yeah. mix with, with anyone and uh, everyone. I think it come across in the programme, I mean, when the Pope's gone, you're the boss, the way he treated Paul McGrath, you know, OK, David O'Leary probably wouldn't have... Been, and, and it did come across that, you know, and rightly so, really, because, it, you know, Jack's way and Jack's philosophy cost him a number of caps. So you wouldn't get David O'Leary singing from the mountaintops about a Jack Cholton and his way and his philosophy of football. But I thought it was absolutely fantastically balanced because it wasn't all good on Jack, great Jack, great Jack. It, it showed the other side of Jack as well, which I thought was healthy. Yeah, well, I mean, people like David O'Leary and Liam Brady, yeah. you know, they were ball-playing players. And mm. sometimes I had some arguments with Jack about the old Leeds United team. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, everybody knows I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan through and through. But I love to watch football teams what, what play football. Yeah. And, I mean, that Leeds United were as good as any team what I have seen in this country. And absolutely. I've seen some absolutely brilliant teams, especially late 60s, early 70s. Mid seventies, I thought it had dropped off a lot and left Liverpool and Forest to dominate it. For I mean, more Liverpool than Forest. I mean, Forest had two, two to three, three great seasons um, uh, in that period, mid mid seventies. But like Jack said, he didn't. He did not like ball playing centre halves. He wanted the ball away uh, from goal. He didn't want anyone messing around near the mm. goal. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I would mess around. Um, when I said mess around, I would dribble because I knew I could get out of this scenario. I never made a mistake where somebody's cost, uh, where, where, where I've cost us a goal in all my career. And, I, and I've tried to think about this. I mean, you see people making mistakes. 
more so defenders what come out dribbling uh, from the back. Um, but sometimes I would do it to wind Jack up because he, you know, he, he, no, he didn't wind me up, but it was, I was so frustrated yep. with um, his philosophy and the way I thought about the game. But because I, I, I respected him so much and I had, he had that infectious, uh, I wanted to be with him, you know, because he was a great guy to be around. Uh, but I was trying to get the balance right of my philosophy and Jack's philosophy. And when he's a manager, the manager can say things, and people are going to believe more the manager than a player. Yeah. You know, um, people said that the, the manager's uh, job's on the line, but a player's job's on the line. Mm. And David O'Leary's job were on the line yeah. uh, with Jack because he would confirm to how Jack wanted to play. And like he said, he missed 50 odd caps because of it. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you'll never, whoever you are, you're never going to beat the manager. No, Even absolutely. Even George Best had that problem when he, when he came back. Yes, he got problems and drinking problems and everything else. But the Tommy, Tommy Dock, had, um, instead of being truthful to him, mm. yeah, I'm rightly so, he should have been truthful to him in a sense that, no, whatever you're messing around, uh, out, staying out late and drinking, you're never going to play for me. He would tell him they were going to play and then he messed him around. So... Managers will always win because they pick the team. And there's so many different styles and philosophies of managers as well. I like the way that the, the programme started because Huddy told me this ages ago, Jack applied for the England job and he didn't even get a reply. I mean, that I found, well, I, I, I didn't find it surprising because being educated by you guys and certainly in particular Alan Hudson and telling me all the stories nothing surprises me in football but I just think that if you've won the World Cup you know you've played for England you've applied for that job the very 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 least that they could do is and to everybody as well but for Jack at least give him the decency of a reply well what have I told you about this Gabby yeah I know know. I, I mean, people exactly. people say to me, "Why do you apply?" Mm. I applied when I yeah. first left. When I first came out of football, yeah. I must spent thirty, forty letters out yeah. to clubs, all different clubs. Mm. I even applied for Wednesday. I applied for uh, Middlesbrough, and I would say I never got uh, a reply back. Yeah, not one, not one. Uh, Martin O'Neill is one of the most educated men in football. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, and I was speaking to him when when he was ma- managing Shepshed Charterhouse, near Le- a team near Le- uh, Leicester. Yeah. I was managing Goo. And we were talking about uh, jobs. He said, Debbie, he said, I applied. He said, I've kept them all. I applied for that many jobs and never had a reply back. Mm, yeah. You know, replying for jobs. The only way you, you've got a half chance of, of getting a job when you apply for one is when uh, a manager's not been appointed straight away. Mm. Because when they sack somebody, whatever club you're at, when they sack someone, they've already got somebody lined up to take over. Yep. And people have to understand that. Yep. Right? A manager will be in a job that the owners will contact a, a manager if he's not in a job, or if a manager's in a job, they will contact him would you be in, 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 interested in being the Sheffield Wednesday manager or the Wickham manager? Whatever it is, right? They will contact that that person who they want to give that job to, um, and to find out if they are interested in that job. And listening to Jack, and I've always said this myself anyway, 
you know, if anybody wants you, they'll come for you. Just like when I were playing. If I, I were tapped up five or six times. Yep. All right. And the other five times, those managers, because they're coming to an end of my career, phoned me up, would I help them out, you know, by either going on loan or playing a short-term period for them. And I was struggling at the time with my knees. Yeah. You know, so when a, man, when a club wants you, they'll get in contact with you, whether you're a player or whether you're a manager. And Jack Fry, you know, I think after that England job, he'd never play it for another job, ever. Absolutely. It is, as I say, it's something that fans don't understand. It's something that I do understand. Uh, I don't say working with you guys because we do it. We love this. It's not a job. It, it's a hobby uh, for us, and, and that's why we do it. But you you certainly get educated. You learn things, and it's like in football. You have different managers. You have different coaches, different players. And if you can't learn things from those people, then I think that you're an idiot. Uh, the Wednesday week that was, TC, on the 29th of March, 1979, Terry Curran signs for the Owls. Best bit of business that Jack did, states Dunsbury Owl on Twitter. I agree with him. Yeah, well, I mean, that had been going on, like I told you, for, oh, no. for a few weeks. You know, yeah. I'd been tapped up to go and play with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but I, what I did say to Jack was, I'm not uh, dropping down to take less money, you know, because I, I was still a young kid. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot, uh, I'd lot in front of me to, to, to go and achieve. Um, but I found the Sheffield Wednesday scenario, uh, especially with my team I supported, uh, fascinating to go and try and get them back into the first division. And by, we were so unlucky not to do it. A couple of players there. And Jack really admits it. I mean, I was at Leeds United. I told you this story once before. I was at Leeds United uh, with Everton. I was injured at the time with my thigh injury. And we bump into each other. He puts his arms around me. He's giving me a kiss. I am so sorry that I treat you like I did, you know, and I should have looked after you and I should have paid you more money. Um, but sometimes it's too, not too late, uh, yep. you know, because yep. it's never too late to, to make up. I mean, we didn't, we never fell out, mm. but it's never, it's never too late to make up to somebody if you do fall out or uh, to tell someone maybe I was wrong, yep. you know, and I appreciated him for, for him doing that. But they'll never take away my great memories with Jack. I mean, he got a philosophy of playing, get the ball out. I was one. I want to play out from the back, but I want to play with a tempo. I don't want to play sideways and backwards and slow. I want to play. I want to play quick counter-attacking football, and 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 try and move people around. And have have a Terry Cribbin in my side, a Peter Barnes in my side, and Alan Hudson. Anybody what a Frank uh, Frank Worthington or a. Um, Stan Bowles and Alan Hutton's of this world, what can unlock a door? Yep. You need that. And all you have to do is get people to protect that 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 type of player. Because he's the one what's gonna create something out of nothing. Yep. Right? Jack knew that. Pluffy knew that. I mean people like Alan Hinton and John Robertson, you know, uh Liverpool had done that without I mean they never saw see you never saw a doubt he's chasing back because what anybody said. Mm. He may have done it once or twice, but people when he does it that once everybody you know, the politically correct uh, commentators and the political correct people say, look, Dalglish on the back. No, he didn't. Dalglish never chased back. Maybe once or twice. So you need those people in what can create something out of nothing. I mean, there were players, there were fans what used to come back on the bus once, you know, once they spent all the money away. Not every week, but, you know, 
if they were really genuine fans, and what I mean genuine, but they're all genuine fans for going away, but they've got no money, Jack would bring them back on Boston. Some of them lads will tell you what what were on, you know, uh, if you if you spoke to them, and, I mean the lads. The, I mean, I was watching it, and I was, sometimes I would laugh my head off, and I got a tape in my eye watching it. But I mean, we'd be arguing on bus, me and Jack, about our philosophy. You know, we talk about Leeds United. I said, "What a great team!" You know, uh, yeah. But, but Billy, I mean, Bremen was his best mate, and he go. They wanted to piss about, and I don't want that. I don't want my centre halves. I don't want Norman to mess about with the ball. I wanted away from goal. Yeah, he would dribble out with the ball. Yeah. But we'd be arguing on the bus about. Different uh, his philosophy and my philosophy, not about the game what we played in, but about the philosophy of the game and how it should be uh, played. But when they're boss, people are going to believe it them more than anything else because they'll turn around and say, "Oh, he don't know what he's talking about." I knew what I'm talking about with football. I know how easy it is to not easy, easy to get a performing te to team to be more consistent and win games. You're never going to you're never going to win uh, big trophies unless you've got big players. You know, I'm not sure whether Jack could handle big name players because, you know, he, 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 even with the Irish team, he got he got uh, when I say got rid of him, he, he didn't play him. But we'd be playing cards on bus and we'd be arguing about the philosophies. And Pete and all the players, some of the players would be laughing. Some of the lads who, who were loud on the bus, they would be laughing. They'd be looking over my shoulder and they say, "You've got an ace there. Put that ace now." I said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know, because I mean, what I mean, Jack was a big guy, six foot three, six foot four. You know, we used to be swapping. It'd be me, Tony Toms, uh, Morris, either Mel Stillman or Kevin Taylor. All these would be playing cards, you know. And everybody would be laughing at us because we'd be arguing. And then suddenly we pulled up outside Hillsborough, right? Jackie said, are we going for a drink, TC? You know, but great memories. But, you know, at times very sad. Absolutely. And you uh, played in the League Cup final of 1979 on the 17th of March and 12 days later you left and you went to Sheffield Wednesday that grass that you that you had that Borley put in your tanker didn't even have time to knit did it in your place in uh, in Southampton there no but I did put it in I did put it in uh, because there was always that chance uh, that the transfer wouldn't go through yeah. I knew I mean I'd seen Laurie McMenny me about three or four times um, about me going to uh, being put on transfer list and being sold. You know, and he tried his utmost, regardless of what he says. And he, I mean, afterwards, he even puts out, you know, that I'd got rare skill that nobody else, he'd not seen anybody else with. Um, so he did offer me a three year contract, but I would add him to go and play for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Topics of the week, TC. We have to talk about England. I know that you've been quite busy on your socials this week. And the one thing with you, you always qualify. Look, it's not personal. It's nothing personal. It's my opinion. It's down to philosophy of football. The England under 21 job must be up for grabs. It surely must be A.D. Boothroyd's last stand. In fact, in the last couple of tournaments that England have played under A.D. Boothroyd. We haven't won a game. In two games this time, we've only had one shot at goal. That's absolutely awful with the amount of quality players. Now, I hear on other media outlets 
people making excuses saying his job is to provide players for the first team. No, 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 no. Players provide themselves for the first team by the way they play for the club. Period. Listen, End of. You've summed up part of that. The biggest crime of it all is we, you've got, he don't have to buy a player. He's got the pick exactly. of the 92 clubs. Yep. And you're talking about uh, performances. They can't string three passes together. It's incredible, something, isn't it? Something is wrong. Yeah. Something is wrong. They do not provide. A.D. Boothroyd and the under-21s don't provide players for the for the uh, first team. 100%. They want to forget all about that because yep. what players, if they're good enough, they'll get in. Spot on. What they do is, is have the under-21s to make more money for the FA Right, uh, and create a big show, you know, that we're doing this for this, and we're doing this for this charity, we're doing that for that. Eighty Boothroyd, what I'd be, what I can make out is Ashworth. I mean, I think Ashworth's left now, but Ashworth is Eighty Boothroyd's brother-in-law. Yeah, apparently there's some connection with Dan, um, Dan Ashworth, whatever yeah. his name is. Well, according to formats, he's his brother-in-law. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it is, and I'm not saying it's not. Mm. This is all jobs for the boys. Yeah, it is. You know as well as I do. I, I don't need anybody to tell me, Gabby. I really don't need anybody to tell me. They won't give me a job. No, no chance. You know why? Because I'll be successful. And you speak your mind. That, that people, these, these people are big business people, and they know how to make money, and they need to control people. Do you think they could control me? Yeah. Yeah, so people will turn around and say, and it's nothing about controlling me, it's about being fair. Because I, I treat everybody the same. You know, if, I, if, if, I've got, if I've got six, ten young kids in the team, I'd have, I'd have them back and I'd be coaching them and helping them as much as I wouldn't be helping the first team. Yeah. Right? These football managers, some of them, every time I went everywhere, I signed every autograph. I don't want praising for it. Mm. But I was a scruffy little kid, come from the back streets. And I used to go to football matches and ask for autographs. Some signed and some didn't. And the ones what didn't, you know, I used to think you're big-headed pig. I think worse than that, but I, don't, I won't swear on yeah. that. Right? These people have never played the game right, and I'm not against that. They look down at you. Mm. It's because they've got an education, and that's the way how they throw it back out at you. But I'm I'm far more educated them at football than any of them, any of them will ever, ever, ever be because they haven't got my football brain. When I talk to you, I've got little men in my head yeah. looking at moves all the time. I take Jock up and do a lot of training with Jock now, and I'm trying to explain to him. I said, "Do you have little things in your head?" Because I see little things in my head all the time, yeah. movements, you know, and little spaces and dropping off and running beyond. You know, football's not hard. The only the hard part about football is people trying to stop you. When I was playing, they would kick it. Yeah. What they've done now is got everybody behind the ball yeah. and make it and, and be more organised and, and close the spaces down to for people to run into to, or, or uh, to play the killer pass through. That's why they don't understand about Manchester City. He will not throw a ball into box for the centre half to. To clear it, I listened to I listened to Rio Ferdinand and and um, Joe Cole. 
these are two kids who I admire. They're younger than me, but I admire them as players. Ferdinand, I was screaming from the rooftop for him to be in team at 17. Yeah. Joe Cole, they ruined him by playing him on left wing instead of playing him in that messy area and let him create because he got great technique. None of us know if it had gone on to be as good as Messi, Joe mm -hmm. Cole. But they, they, did an, they did an article about uh, on BT Sport about Pepe. That's the same guy that they were slagging off years ago, right? And they're saying, if I, if, if I was a young kid, I'd be watching that, how he defended. And I've shown three or four people now what's come to me house, and I've shown them, listen to this, watch this, right? And I said to him, that Pepe, reading that, brilliant, right? But there were four times when that ball was put into box, and there's always two sides to every story, Gabby, mm. right? And they put the ball into the box. And I said, now watch this. And they sent the mark exit, right? I said, I would, if I was the manager, I'd be saying to my player, it's no good, you can't bollock. I mean, my day would have got bollocking. In today's day, you don't do that. What you, as a manager, what you would do, you'd pull him to one side. You say, right, Gabby, look, watch this. If you could put the ball there, right, they're clearing it, they've got a chance of counter-attacking us. How many times do you see that somebody's just missed a goal yeah. and the opposite team going to counter-attack you mm. and, 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 con and you concede? Right, as I'm saying to him, balls are just put into a box because they're becoming frustrated. Man City never do it. They keep moving the ball and moving the ball, but they move it with the tempo. When we do it, it's slow, slow, slow. You know, I, I got arguing with Jack. If I only got the injury at Forest, he was going to play me up front, and who knows what would have happened to me mm. by when I, because when I went mm. and played up front at Sheffield Wednesday, and let me tell them all, all the footballers what think the football go and play in third division mm. with players what can't pass. Because, you know, when I went to Everton, they were at bottom at league, yeah. struggling. And I'm telling you, struggling with great players. It's only when I went into that dressing room and said, give me the ball. Give me the ball. I'm not bothered about this lot. We went to Man United. So I'm not interested in Man United. We'll beat these. And people looked at me and got out. Yeah. But they realised, you've got to believe that you can beat teams, not be big-headed, because I've never, ever been big-headed. And Jack, because he got his way, or he tried to get his way about me playing through the middle. Oh, he can't play such spot. I'm not a centre forward. I'm not six foot three. Yeah. I, I'm never going to challenge a kid up here when a ball comes flying over my head. You know, two foot above me. Give it me. Give me the ball when I, when I can run at people. Give me the space where I can run behind. You know, let's keep it down and move it, and occasionally put it over the top. It's not rocket science, TC. You know, if... so then, so so everybody, everybody were turning around and saying, yeah, "Jack Sight is not a, is not a centre forward." They haven't got. I mean, Jack's got a football brain, but Jack just didn't, just wanted to play that way. Yeah. Right. But the rest of them haven't got a football brain. Bob Wilson, when Jack wrote about when Jack went on television and said about me, I've got an inbuilt in in built ability to go past people. I've got yeah. pace. I've got aggression. I move across the front line. And then Bob Wilson comes out with a statement saying he's not as good with his back towards goal. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Now, what, what, where they get the football brains from? Yeah. I, I wanted to score a goal. What do I want my back towards goal for? Tell yeah. me. Yeah. Right? I mean, with my back towards goal, right? But this is the guy what's played for Scotland and mm. another guy who I admire, so I'm not having a go at him, but he's telling people on television that I'm not as good with my back towards goal. What do I want? I want to score goals. I want to be facing that way. Yep. They haven't got a brain. They haven't got a clue. When I say a brain, a football brain. You know, Paul Gasser, if Gaza wouldn't have been English, 
he's got all the thing, but he's got all the praise, what go with it. But a lot of people still pulled him down, right? Because he wasn't an educated kid, neither am I. But what he had got, he got a brain of a scientist. He saw things on that football field that the scientists couldn't see, yeah. right? Because that's what he was. And that's what makes me laugh. And I went, shit, all of you. I don't give a damn about any one of you. I'll go play football because I want to play football. And I go play third division. And part of it was Sheffield Wednesday. But I got part of it saying, you know, Albert Kendall said to me, I said, listen, I'll go play at Halifax Town. I don't need Everton. I don't need Everton. I'm doing you a favour. You're not doing me a favour. Yeah. The only favour you're doing me is by putting me in team. So, you know, if, well, sorry. If the England under-21's job become available because there is speculation there uh, well it, his contract Adi Berthroyd's contract ends in the yeah, summer don't beat behind the bush because I won't beat behind the bush no what I'm saying yeah, is I, I know you're going to tell me I'm going to tell you now Frank Frank, Frank oh no yeah, what what they'll do is he will just be moved out of the way They it, it will be mu mutual agreement he'll be With moved the out of the way yeah With absolutely and, and Frank failed. Frank Lampard has been um mooted today in the press if you were Frank Lampard or you that was offered the job would you take it and I'll give you my answer straight after well first and foremost I'm not going to go down that route with me because I'm 66 I'm never going to get it no neither I will I but I'll tell you I still, hoping, I still keep hoping that someone will give me a job that's why I write on that's why I write on hoping that some businessman looks at it and says well do you know something let's give him a chance let's give Big Mouth a chance let's see if he can do it Yeah, Lampard for me, he's wasting his time going to under 21 if he wants to go into management. Yeah. You know, um, he's not a coach. And when I look at the English, they're not coaches. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. There's a, he's a manager and a coach. Mm -hmm. I can do both. I listened to Gary Neville talking about we don't know how to coach our midfield. Do you know why we don't know how to coach our midfield players? Well, we tend to get a book. Box to box yeah, exactly, yeah. Get a book so and try and create a robot. Frank Lampard, mm. if, if he's not going to listen to me, but if he takes in a 21 job, then he's, he's mental. Yeah. He's mental. Because he's going to be stuck there for three or four years when he could have got a job and, and tested himself to see how good he is. I'll tell you why I wouldn't take the job as well if it was offered, not that it would be offered. Uh, one reason, Gareth Southgate. For me, Gareth Southgate runs the senior team, he runs the 21s, he runs all the age groups, and he tells his coaches how he wants them to line up, and that fundamentally is my problem with England. No matter who England play, he likes to have two holding midfield players. The 21s did it uh, the other night against Portugal. There is not enough quality, there's not enough creativity, there's not enough positivity on the ball, and he if you continue to play like that, you will continue to fail. And that's why I wouldn't. If if Terry Curran was manager of England's national team, I would gladly take the under-21s job. Because and for me, it's all down to philosophy of football. If, and if I, I don't I like Southgate's philosophy. If I had the England team, there'd be a lot more happy facing in this country. Oh, absolutely. Foremost. But when I will stick up for Southgate, if, you, if you're a manager, get people in. And I think... No, I don't think. If I was manager of a first... Uh, just have a manager of Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. I would want us playing the same way. Because I want... I want If whoever's going to come into the first team, 
that they know the way how we play the first team. Absolutely, it, right? it is sense. But yeah. I would have a philosophy what's going to suit the players that we sign. Correct. Right? He, Boothroyd, has got the under-21 when he's played the long ball game and England yeah. are trying to play out from the back. Mm. Right? The problem is, it's slow, it's slow, 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 sideward, sideward, sideward. And the problem, the problem with, with, with all this, with Southgate and everything else, they're not good enough to take it on to the next level. Because yeah. I, I know when we when we play, some of the good at World Cup, we play in Brazil and France and all these top, uh, you know, Argentinas and all that. There's no chance. We've no chance. No. And, and, and the majority of it is all political correct and mm-hmm. woke of them. And I don't give a damn. I've told them to the face. But I still talk to people. Yeah. I still talk to them. They don't want to talk to me. Good. I will not be behind the bush. I have my opinion. I have my opinion in life, and I stick by it. Yep. But I don't give a damn who it is, right? I give people my last penny. My last penny. In fact, I bother to give people sometimes. Yeah. Right? But England under-21s, to play with two old midfield players, for Southgate to play with two old midfield players, right, uh, against Albania. Yeah. Listen. It's incredible. That's like a joke to me. It a is, complete yeah. joke. And I don't give a damn what somebody said to me. Well, what do you know? I know 10 times more than them will ever know. Yeah. And I know 10 times more than Southgate. And I'm not getting annoyed with them. I get annoyed because we don't see it. We do not see it mm-hmm. in this country. Never have done. We have not got a coach. coach. I can see it. And people say to me about Guardiola again. I'm up. I'm obsessed with Guardiola. I'm 66. I tell them 35 years ago, before Guardiola, what he went in football. He wasn't mm. in football, right? I watched the Brazil team, and I watched the person who I admire more than not more than Cluffy. Well, Cluffy himself, because he, he was right. He said, if God wanted to play football in the air, he'd put grass on clouds. Yep. I admire Cruyff. I watched Cruyff play. The genius. Yep. Genius. Yeah, it mesmerised me, right? And you knew he would be a manager. You knew George Bessel, with my eye, wouldn't be a manager because his, his, his mind is on other things. Yeah. Cruyff was mine on football. The coaching, you know, I'm not I'm not one for having big players. I'm not one for having small players. If the player can play football... Footballers. Right? Yeah. The footballers. Find a footballer with a football brain. Absolutely. I'm sick of telling people... If you've got somebody what can pass a ball, right? If I could knit, well, you know, you put the person in charge what can knit well. Yep. If I were a scientist, you put that scientist in charge. We're putting people in charge what are experts on computers and do not know how to culture. I could watch a player play football within a second. I tell my, listen, for four years, my ex partner said to me, why didn't you see manager? about Thomas not going into him as a young kid. And I, I didn't say no because he used to stand at side and, and then there's not what be funny to women. His, his mother and his grandmother would go on. You know, you should be saying something. And, it, and it's bad enough. I can wind myself up without other people winding me up. Do you know what I mean, Gabby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then one day I says to him, listen to me careful. And listen, I watched him one day score three goals. Right? One from a corner. Got a beautiful left foot. Mm. He's 27. He still won't get out of bed. He won't do any work. Yeah. Right? He won't run about on a football field. Right? And I turned around and said to his mother one day, I said, listen to me carefully. And I'll say this once. Don't say it. Don't ever say it to me again. He's not good enough. 
he's not good enough. And I don't mean to be horrible to him. I can tell within a second when anybody can play. Yeah. But that's not that's not a genius to look at uh, Messi, is it? Not a genius. No, not at all. But you know when you yeah. look at Jack Grealish when it's taken them four or five years for everybody. I, yep. tell, I, I said to Jock and I said to Tom, this kid is a genius. He's mm. a football. He's a football brain. But the first thing I said to you when you talked talk to me about him, what the first thing I said? Yeah, to composure. You? Yeah. I said, watch him. Mm. Watch how he's composed yeah. on the ball. Listen, I had some of the dirtiest people kick me up at air. I still waited for it, mm. and I still got the ball. And then what I would do, I'd make sure I would have a yard off him. Then I would tease him. Yeah. I'd take these and come on, get it now. Come and get it now, right? Because once you've got that in a player, that player can open the door up. That player has to be in that team. 100%. That player. Now, you need other players to get him the ball. Whether you're good enough as a manager to be able to do that. All this about relying on players. What is a safe player? Playing too old in midfield players, right? So we've got to pull a Jack Greenish out of team, or we've got to pull a Teddy Kevin out of team to play two old midfield players. Yeah. Declan Rice and the Kid Phillips are good players. Yeah, they're decent. Do me a favour. Decent. Do me a favour. Do you think we're going to win the World Cup playing that way? No, not at all. That's not their fault. No. I keep telling you all. Yeah. I'll tell a manager to his face. And let me tell you, a lot of these managers are really, really nice people. But the philosophy... You know, do me a favour. And that is... The, the world, I'm, I'm going now where I'm coming to the end of my life. And I I used to hold back a bit. I used to hold back. Now, I tell them, I'd sack them. I'd, I'd, after five minutes, I'd sack a manager, me. Absolutely. Unbelievable. We had it with Revu when he had that infamous meeting with the six of our top players, our Mavericks, and says, you don't figure in my plans. The three players... In the modern age, who would figure in my plans if I was the England manager? Foden, Madison, and Grealish. All the three make, would start. All they three make would me start. laugh about football. All the teams what are struggling, organise and do defensive work. How come they don't stop teams from scoring goals? Yeah, absolutely. Because they haven't got the players to stop it. Yeah. They haven't got the players to stop it. I'm more angry this week than I've ever been because I get sick of it. I'm coming to the end of my life in one sense. And now I'm telling you all, they haven't got a football brain. We haven't got a football manager. We have got some great players who can play football now. 100%. Alan Hudson would play football with his head up his ass, And he still see things what other people can't see. So would Stan Bowles. So would Frank Worthington. Not because they were... I mean, I I don't worry, but not not well. Frank, I've had some great nights out with Frank. Uh, Bowles, I knew him to play against. Didn't know him really well. So they can't turn around and say, you know, but I'm saying that because they were geniuses. Yeah. They saw something on the football field. They did something at other people, but they couldn't. But they couldn't pick them for the national team. How do we know we wouldn't have won a World Cup if we'd have had any of them playing for us? Hundred percent, we'd have won it. Hundred percent, we would have won a World well, Cup I, if I we played. That. I'm not going to go down. It's an hypothetical question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But all this about relying on people, mm. safe people, safe. Safe. Let me tell you something. All the people who are safe, right, are the ones who turned turn around and say, well, I wouldn't have thought he'd have had an affair. I wouldn't have thought, oh, Terry Coon will have an affair. Mm. Right? All them safe people I wouldn't trust, right, with a little baby. 
I certainly wouldn't trust them in my England football team. But as I've said, three that I would, Foden, Madison and Grealish. And I want a manager that's got a philosophy don't talk of to football me about Foden. that would play. Don't talk to me about Foden without Aidy Boothroyd. He's sat on the 21 bench. Yeah, I know. He's in the red zone. Ago. Incredible. I know. Two Incredible. And the FA did nothing about it. That was yeah. that was a sackable offence, TC. Magic moments, TC. Have you sourced any this week from watching uh, the international games or some of the uh, lower uh, league games that have still been played or games played in other countries? Well, if I'm honest, Gabby, no, I've watched. I have, I've watched a couple of a couple of games. I watched England first. Well, I didn't watch it first half. I watched it ten minutes. Yeah. And when I wrote on when I wrote on there. Yeah, there's no I'm magic moment there. Facebook, I'm turning it off. I'm yeah. turning it off. Yeah. You know, I'm not watching that. I don't have to watch that. And there's no more proud Englishman than me. Yeah. I've lost fortunes back in England because I want England to win. Yeah, absolutely. Same here, see, see. So the magic moments, I've not, I've not really watched a lot of it, but I watched the only 21s the other night and I'm just shaking my head. So, no, I'll leave that to you this evening with, with, with the magic moments. I haven't watched... Any, any of the others really because majority of them Portugal playing Luxembourg tonight you know what do you learn out of those games Gabby Seriously. I know I, I, I have a, a, an issue here with the lower teams in, in groups the San Marinos your Luxembourg it's you... correct they should not exactly. be in no. they should not be in these World Cups have, have your own qualification groups A, B, C, D how many of the, 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 there is play against each other, play competitive games of football, and then you go into a playoff final with two of the top minnow nations, and one of them gets a golden ticket to go to the World Cup. Listen you don't, say you don't play in qualification groups. In 30 or four years, in 30 to 40 years' time, I'll not be here. Yeah. There'll be men and women playing in the same team because of political correctness. Mm. You know, I was coaching at Doncaster. We've got to play them. Why have we got all that many players at the club for? We've got to play them. Why? Mm. Because they're not getting game time and they've got to get game time. If I want to put Janet playing with uh, Mary, who's both technically gifted, right? The club want me to put Gabby, who can't pass the ball. Do you think, what do you think Janet, first thing Janet does when she gets, gets in cars as a young kid? Yeah. What do you think she just had to, said to me? Some young kids will say to me, why do you put me with him, Mr. Coven, when he can't pass the ball? Exactly, yeah. That's what I kids do. Yeah. And say to him, well, I can't do nothing about that cop. No. You know, I'll say it as it is. I'll tell you. I would have gone on in life if I'd have kept my mouth shut and done what they wanted me to do. I'll tell you all now. You would die. Things what I know, mm. what they would say to me. But I'll keep them to myself because I respect them as managers. Right? They wanted me to go one route. No. I'm a people's man and I'll never change. I'm not bothered what people think about me, Gabby. Never have done. Absolutely. Right? If I've got no money, if I've got money, I'm the same person. The only thing I get angry with is our society has gone now. Yep. And we've been locked down for no reason whatsoever. Anyhow, too. So, my magic moments this week, sir. Uh, Jordan Gibson's goal for Sligo Rovers in their 2 0, uh, sorry, 2 1 win against Waterford. Now, he's a local lad. He's, uh, he actually lives just round the corner, or did, and went to the same school as uh, one of my daughters. And um, I think when he was when she was 13 and she had a stay over, there was an awful lot of girls and Gibby. So, he was, uh, I used to Sunday morning open the window, and there him and Jono were smashing the ball up and down the 
street and kicking it and knocking the car windscreen, well, not the windscreens, but the wing mirrors off and stuff and, and so on. And uh, and both of them are, are playing the game professionally now, so good luck to them, boys. Um, but Jordan scored a fantastic goal and got a wonderful assist. You did mention on the last podcast last week, we're going to look at magic moments of yesteryear. And the magic moment I've picked from yesteryear this week is Johan Naiskin's penalty in the 1974 World Cup final. That was the first penalty that was awarded in a World Cup final. And I was watching Johan today talking about that penalty kick that he had. He used to go to the goalkeeper's right every time he went to the goalkeeper's right. But he knew that Set Meyer would look at how he took the penalty kick. And when he had a run-up, it was a little run-up. He said, I kind of stumbled in my run-up. My feet weren't weren't working quite properly. It was very early on in the game. It was in the first minute. And he smashed the ball. He, he kind of miskicked it. And it went straight down the middle. He was trying to go for the other corner. But it, but he didn't quite get it right. It went straight down the middle. And if you watch it, he was saying, you can see the chalk coming up as I'd not properly made a good connection with the ball but for all intents and purposes and for anyone that watching it looks as though we made a magnificent connection because it did go straight down the middle I have not seen that since and I can I can picture yeah. that now when 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 Croy went bursting through absolutely yeah the penalty and I remember because we're talking about that um in interval yeah. Right. And the chalk did come up. Now you're talking about the magic moments from yesteryear. Yeah. I can give you. I can give you millions. But I'm gonna get. I'll give one straight away from the one. I mean, George Best is that that, that many? Yep. You know, I can go through them all tonight if you wanted to. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with the the Pelly one when he let the ball run. Brilliant. He let it run past um, uh, Gordon Banks, right? And then he turned and tried this. Uh, to be honest, really, he should have scored because he done banks like a keeper. Yeah, and I mean like a keeper and the greatest goalkeeper and the greatest goalkeeper I've ever seen. And I played for one of the greatest goalkeepers, Neville Southall. Yeah, you know, uh, Smigos. He's from absolutely um, unbelievable. But that to see him do that, um, and then run round the keeper and then clip the ball towards, and he just missed. I mean, if he'd have gone in. You know, they still show it to this day, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's that, and there's that many about to Rivellino. I, I can go on about, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention another one, Garincha. Oh, yeah. You know, little bird. I can see it now in black and white, in sat in Mum's house. Uh, it's in my head now. I can see yeah. him, and he's got the ball, and he's putting his, he's stood there. There's two pairs trying to beat him, yeah. and he's just stood. You know, and he's he's taking the piss out of him, and then mm. one comes in and goes round him. Oh. To see these great players that play today, you know, would they be, would be would they be allowed to express themselves? I, know, I they think they be, would. When you look at Ronaldo yeah. and Messi, um, they've been allowed to express themselves. Let them try. Let them try and be with, with an English club, English club, uh, and try them when they're kids. I, th- I think like if I, you, I think and, if you're Garincha, the abuse I got from some managers, you know. I think if, if you're you want to be a clown, go to a circus. If you want to be a juggler, go to a circus. Into a circus. You know, you, you want to try things, but yeah. you've always worried about what, what they're going to... Are they going to get into you again? You know, and, and then I'd lose my rag and then get arguing with them, you know. So, it, it's funny football. 
people should express themselves, but it's mass, there's mass money in it, right? And you've got to be able to defend when you haven't got the ball. But you're never going to score goals if you're just going to defend, defend, defend. You've got to get the balance right. Absolutely, and you've got to entertain. And if you have got Garincha in your team, you just say to Garincha, just go and, pl- go and play. Um, he got the, the nickname Little Bird because he, he used to like to shoot wrens. And uh, yeah. that's, how he, that's how he got the nickname. And my, my... Well, he was the first George Best because he was... The oh, yeah. He, he oh, absolutely. Himself. But when you look at him, technically, Technicability, similar, wouldn't it? Absolutely oh, similar. Dif- just, just different class. One of the greatest players of all time. And then my third magic moment was uh, watching the Blizzard uh, podcast. They, uh, they do a podcast, Greatest Games, and they was talking about the England versus Poland, the one-one, because we are playing Poland uh, tomorrow night, so it's quite topical. And there's two journalists, and they had a Polish journalist, and they was just looking at it from that angle. I do. Uh, game of my life in fact I'm doing a game of my life with with Andy Gray this week I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna be focusing on the uh, Aston Villa 5 Liverpool 1 game from uh, 15th of December in 1976 and I'm also going to be doing England versus Poland and I'm going to be catching up with Tony Curry and getting TC's view on that game because England did let me apologize to Tony Curry because I missed him out on that because obviously I'm I'm partly angry about things. Another ingenious what we should have had hundred caps. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know. By the way, Belgium seven. So when they're playing these teams, these Belarus teams, I'm not wrong again. I'm right because what do they get from it? Well, they don't because you know, I mean, all... when you go about that Poland game, yeah. that's another one. I can see that. I can see that Norman Hunter, right, mm. misses the ball, <laughs> yep. goes under his foot, they break away and they score. That weren't a great game. England absolutely battered them. The chance after chance after chance. Tomaszewski had a game of his life. Yeah, he did. Right? Fluffy, never forget it, called him a clown. Brian Moore said to him, come on, uh, I can't listen, it's all in my head now. Yeah. We're talking about what? 70 what? 1973, October 73, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Brian Moore says to Clough, come on, Brian. He's had a magnificent game. And Cluffy did turn around and said, well, he's had one of those games, but he's still a clown. You know, and he did. He had one of those games, but right. prior to the, prior to that, you see the two or three games we saw them, Poland in, and he did look vulnerable. He, he did look vulnerable in the sense that it would make mistakes. Yeah, you know. So I won't call that a classic game. I would call it a disappointing game for England and a one-sided game because that game should have been six or seven. Oh, hundred percent. But when when I when I talk about the game of my life, the the, the series that I'm I know, doing, I know it's saying. games that iconic games for whatever games. reason. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I've done my my first two, uh, the donkey kick game with uh, with Willie Carr and Alan Hudson when uh, uh, Tony Waddington watered the pitch on Easter Monday when they beat Liverpool. 2-0 in 1975 leads us nicely onto uh, Book Corner TC in association with myfootballbooks.com first one that uh, they've recommended for us this week is I Believe in Miracles by Daniel Taylor now that's uh, in conjunction with uh, Johnny Owen's magnificent uh, documentary I Believe in Miracles about Nottingham Forest when they won the league got promoted uh, won the league and then won the European Cup the year after. A feat that will never, ever be equaled. Uh, and 
and performed by wonderful players, including you two, so managed by another genius, Mr. Brian Overclough. Well, for them to win the European Cup and the league title, I mean, I'd left then anyway. Yeah, you had. Uh, but they were, they, were, they were in the second division. Yeah. And if I didn't come back from injury and score that goal at Eriford, yep. to, win us, to win us two points, three points, I think it was three points in them days, I'm not quite sure now, um, they may have not gone up. They may not go up, but they may not. Two points for a win then. But who knows what would have happened if I would have got injured at Forest because Clough was talking about me being the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. You know, you're on about Gordon Hill and uh, Stevie Koppel grabbing all the headlines and they were playing in the first division that season with Man United and they were ripping teams apart. But Clough, what, Clough, what did Clough say about me? I would walk into Liverpool, Man United and Derby County. And he said, if I'd have been at United, his name would have been in bright lights. That's how highly he rated me. Yeah. You know, the injury didn't help and you get frustrated, impatient. I mean, I regret some of that, but you can't look, you can't go back on it. You can't look back on it. And, you know, you did what you did. I did what I did. And that's life sometimes, isn't it? Absolutely. But, but what a, what a great achievement. A great, how many managers would pick John Robertson now? Well, if I was a manager, Robbo would be in my no, team all day long. We're talking about, when you look at Robbo, yeah. before Forrest went on to achieve... Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know <laughs> do you know what they were going to do with Robbo before, right, before club? They were selling him to Partick. Partick yeah. And they tried to put, uh, was it Ronnie Glavin, in Partick Exchange? Okay. Right? They're facts, by the way. No mm. one is facts. So, when you look at him, when you look at Peter Reid, right, People would have picked. Howard Kendall were going to sell Peter to Burnley. Yeah. Reedy cuts about tearing it. I give a damn what Reedy says. I can tell you. I can see it coming out of the manager's office now. And he got it. I said, "What's up?" He said, uh, "Burnley's offered sixty thousand pound. I can go talk to him." I said, "You don't have to go, Reedy." I said, "I've I've made a mess of my life for football doing. You know, people tapping mm. me. Howard were disappointed. They got beat at Wolves. I think Reedy got the blame for it as such. Right." And even now with them between, you know, I said to Howard, as you sell him, big mistake in your life, I guarantee you, right? Because I tell you, he was the cog. He was the cog in that team. I was the one who lifted it, but he was the cog in the, when he was playing, right? Because he, he may not have been a good trainer, but I'll tell you what, he went and got on that football field, he never stopped running. When you see him, when I, when I see when I see, seen him every day train and then get on that football field, the fans don't see because they don't see you train. Yep. But once you go to that football, what a brilliant, brilliant football. He's the one that a lot of lads looked up to, the younger lads, midfield players, you know. And he was, he galvanised uh, the team, uh, the players, on to the next level in a sense. <clears throat> the camaraderie, and he helped in, in all that. When I went there, they were on the knee. Yeah. They didn't seem not like it when I went there. Come on. And laugh. Me and Bells, tell you, we had that dressing room. We were like Morecambe and Wiseman. Players never, ever stopped laughing. And I couldn't believe when they were like they were. When I said bottom of the league, I had the second and third front bottle, you know. So, bottom, not bottle. Um, so, when, when you look at all that, them players, Robbo, when you look at Robbo, a lot of managers said they looked at him. What did Cuffy used to say? That little fat lad, don't we destroy him? Yeah. And he destroy him. And that little fat lad, you're absolutely right, destroyed many a defence. Leading us nicely onto our second pick this week, uh, TC in the book corner, having a ball with Kendall and Harvey, 1984-85 to 85 season, by the Canny Farm 4. So uh, all these books, guys, just go onto Amazon. I do. I'm in that book, by the uh, way. Yeah, I know you are, yeah. Yeah, and what a, what a great season. What an iconic time uh, to be an Evertonian. Well, let me. I, when I look at that, 
I can remember Everton when they were in league in 67s and 68s, that type of time. Yeah. Uh, and then 70, 71, something like that, with Borley and Kendall and all them. I remember all them. Um, and when I look at that, Clough and Kendall, two play, two guys what signed me, and our Kendall uh, wrote one of the, uh, the best players he'd signed. Mm. And he galvanised the team. When you wanted somebody uh, to give you a lift, there was nobody better than Terry Curran. And he set us off on the on the track. And when you look at Clough, you're saying the same type of thing. When I look at them teams, what won it? I have never ever been jealous in my life yep. of a football player. That includes George Best. I wanted to be him, but I was never jealous of him. Yep. But when I met him, I didn't feel inferior to him, you know. But if if I had an argument with a manager, so like I would, and I weren't gaining team because of the game, you know, the team were doing well. And I come back from injury. I never went in there and said, I'm a better player than Trevor Stevens, like a lot of players did. I never did that. Mm. You know, I knew I was tapped up, but I said, all right, I'll go. Because at, at, at um, Halifax, at um, Everton, right, I was coming towards the end of my career anyway. I'd been lied up by John Mainley's brother, Paul Mainley's brother, John Mainley, to be player manager at Halifax. Yeah. I would stopped it. Mm. <clears throat> who knows? Who knows what would have happened? I might not have, I might have failed in management. But I might have gone on to be the next best thing in management. I don't know. But um, I would never, ever went into, 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 into Cluffy's, to Southampton's or Sheffield Wednesday. I would never turn around and say, if I went in team, I'm a better player than Gabby. I'm a better player than John Roberts. I'm a better player than so-and-so. That was never my way of life. Because when I looked at players, Trevor Stevens, I'm not... I, I weren't bothered about not being in team because he was a great player. I was to myself, but yeah. not. But when I looked at him, what a great player. 42 times for England. Lovely kid, you know, different type of player from me. Yeah. He was more of an up and down player, but touch, brilliant touch, you know, did go past people. Couldn't go past like I could go past, yeah. you know. But I was a different type of player. You know, I got that energy to run from one end of the pitch to full length of the pitch yeah. and still not be tired, right? But I, went, I used to glide past people. And take the mantle, you know, with, with Trevor was more of a serious type of player. If we were winning two or three nil, then I want to take the piss. Yep. And it would upset some managers. They, they hated that. But no, absolutely. Our Kendall is as good as anything. And I mean, I never saw, in all my three years at Nottingham Forest, I never saw Cluffy give anybody a bollock. Yeah. I tell you what he did do was I tell you that time about Kenny Burns. He fined him for playing the ball across his box, which was slow, and they nearly scored. And he fined him fifty quid, but he didn't shout at him. Yeah. And I never saw that way. I went Kendall. You just you Southampton and Jack. Fucking the cubs, cubs are coming flying and all sorts over you there. <laughs> I, I remember somebody making a mistake, and Jack absolutely effing and blinding steam coming out of his ears. You know, I'll knock your head off if we lose this game. What's he got to do with me? I don't give the goal away. <laughs> you know, but I never saw them go mad, ever, in my life. In the, in the three three years at Forest and the three years at Everton, I never saw them go mad at anyone. Anyone. And the third book, TC, uh, tonight is Brilliant Orange, The Neurotic Genius of Dutch Football Dutch by football. David so orange, Winner. Yeah. When I look at them and that Cruyff, you know, Cruyff is my, my favourite sex. Well, even that Rivellino, the Brazilian. Yeah. Them two are my favourite. I mean, I put them on St. Paris, George Best, but Best will always be my idol. Yeah. Because he was the first one I saw and can remember uh, to that, 
statue of um, Stardom, you know, uh, fans crazy for footballers, you know what I mean? Oh, they were just different so, class. But and... Cruyff, Cruyff, not only was he that as a player, he even left his mark as a manager. And of all, not all, but there's lots of, he's proved his way of football has been successful. And the Guardiola's of this world and the other, these other managers of what's carried on that have always produced uh, winning formulas and won major trophies. Absolutely, TC. And I'm doing an interview tomorrow with uh, Gary Thacker, who's got a book coming out, Beautiful Bridesmaids Dressed in Orange. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Gary and to buying and reading that book because I absolutely loved and adored the Dutch team of the 70s, which leads us nicely into Time Vault in association with footballmastersmagazine.com. Pete Kaiser. What's your um, knowledge on Pete Kaiser? No, I don't know. He was the Dutch left winger for um, for Ajax and for Holland. Uh, so it leads us nicely into Time Vault in association with FootballMastersMagazine.com. And this week, TC, Pete Kaiser. What's your uh, what's your knowledge of Pete Kaiser? No, well, I'm not sure, but you'll, you'll bring it to light. And if, if I can remember him... Uh... It will come into my head, but at this moment in time, it doesn't stand out, that name. Yeah, he was uh, he was the left winger of the uh, brilliant Ajax team and the Dutch team. He was born on the 14th of June, 1943. Sadly passed away on the 10th of February, 2017, age 73. Signed for Ajax in, uh, n- well, 1961. He was there at Ajax. Uh, to 1974, 13 seasons, playing 365 games, scoring 146 goals. These are just league. Oh, well, he must have been in that part of that Ajax team. He won, he? yeah, he won three European Cups. European Cups. Yeah, with, with Ajax. And played for the Dutch national team between 1962 and 74. 34 games, scoring 11 goals. Bloke's an absolute legend. And on this day, TC, in 1900, the Uruguayan FA was founded as the Uruguayan Association Football League in Montevideo. And that's from outside right Twitter feed. I noticed that today in a great blog. Uh, weren't they the first uh, World Cup winners? Or yes, they were. were they it, yeah, 1930 was the first uh, World Cup and Uruguay ran out winners. I think, yeah. did they beat Brazil 4-2 in that final? If memory serves me right, I'll have to have a look at it. But they they certainly did win that first. They are now produced great players for a small nation. Oh, they? absolutely! A great history of uh, pedigree of, uh, of football. You know, as as have and do more or less every nation in South America and play with a certain style and swagger. Yes, and, and I'll agree with you 100% on that, you know, to watch them. Oh, by the way, Belgium's win 1-8-0. What have they learned from that game? Absolute waste of time. Let's just give a quick mention to our socials, TC, before, because I can hear the vacuum firing up as we yeah. speak. Which... And Janet's making me a cup of tea. Great. Fantastic, which does mean the football forecast. But our socials, you can follow us on Twitter, at Current View, Facebook, The Current View, and on Instagram, the current view as well. So, TC, first game up uh, this weekend, back to normality. Cardiff City versus Forest. How do you see this one going? Uh, 
I'm going to go Nottingham Forest 1-0. Right and away win. I'm going to go Cardiff 2-1. By the way, no games last week, so you do still keep the 8-5 uh, lead. You do pick the uh, the the play out song uh, because you're in, in the lead eight five TC. So if you haven't thought about it yet, please have a think in the next few minutes. My cat's driving me mad outside. He wants to come in. Derby versus Luton. How do you see that one going? Derby County two nil. Yep, I'm gonna go one nil Derby. Uh, Watford versus your boys Sheffield Wednesday. Brilliant result at Barnsley. Sadly, you know, an international break. They could have done with playing this the day after, couldn't they? Um, well, by the first 15 minutes, I thought Wednesday were better inside. Yeah. Watford are playing really well and obviously we brought a promotion. So, um, for me, I'm going to go for Sheffield Wednesday because that was uh, last week. Yeah, what score? 1-0 Sheffield Wednesday. Right, so nil one to Sheffield Wednesday. I'm going to go two nil to Watford. Huddersfield versus Brentford. Brentford two nil. Two nil Brentford. Yeah, I'm going to go one two a Brentford away win. Southampton versus Burnley. Southampton two one. 2-1 Saints. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw there. Burnley are horrible. They'll score from a corner or a, or a long ball from the defence and uh, headed down. Second ball, bang, back of the net, 1-1. Villa versus Fulham. How do you see this one going, TC? Jack Greeley should be back. 2-1 Villa. Right, 2-1 Villa. I'm going to go 2-0 Villa. And finally, Everton versus Crystal Palace. 2-0 Everton. Right, 2-0. Yeah, I can't see Palace getting anything at Goodison. I'm going to go 3-0 to Everton. TC, thanks for your time. Love to you and yours. I hope Janet's done a wonderful cup of tea for you. Are you going to be having any biscuits to dip in? Yeah, she's going she's gonna to have got me some picnics. Ah, she looks after you, don't she, mate? Well, I've been... I've been thinking... <laughs> been thinking about this song tonight so I've let the Janet just write me a song down quick so we're going to play out with Simon and Garfunkel Call Me Out Fantastic that's just Paul Simon I think Garfunkel had buggered off by then TC <laughs> <laughs> and talking about buggering off we've got to go as well TC so hopefully when we reconvene we'll both be singing the blues tell out a bit yes goodbye have a good weekend give my love to yours will do and thanks for all thanks for listening tell out Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away in my well-lit door. Just a beer belly, beer belly. Get these mutts away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here?